What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre, and with Will Bonoff, I am honored to be back for a second straight show. Tony Kornheiser, you were here yesterday? It was you? See, see, this is where he was here? your insults makes Pablo? me worried about you, Tony. I'm a little concerned. Mm, no. I show up a lot. Not a lot of yeah, other people looking like me on this program who beam into no, your, your fancy new basement. I, my short-term memory is lost. <laughs> but if you want, I can recite the lyrics to every Beatles song ever written. I really can. Good. No, my Not a joke. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon has the day off. I'm joined once again by our great friend from the ESPN Daily and debatable podcast, Mr. Pablo Torre. And we begin today with some fabulous speculation about Aaron (laughs) Rodgers and the New York Jets that goes like this. The Jets have just hired Rodgers' former offensive coordinator in Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, after Hackett flamed out gloriously in his one year in Denver. The thinking is that Rodgers will want to play for the Jets now and will try to force a trade, which works for Green Bay because it saves them $50 million in Rodgers' salary, and Rodgers will go to play in the other conference. Pablo, you live in New York City. Can you see this happening? I can, and I love how much you love this story because I think you appreciate, as I do as a New Yorker, it's a sports talk stimulus package. Let's just be blunt about what it is. This is unbelievable desperation by the New York Jets, which is not new. But what is very funny to me is to hear Robert Sala, the head coach, say explicitly we are committed to finding a veteran quarterback. And then they go and hire the guy who was the second coach since 1978 to be fired before the end of his first season as a head coach. Because why? I I would make a... Tony, I was thinking, like, is this a Gale and Oprah scenario? Why do people always think that Aaron Rodgers is going to follow when you invite Nathaniel Hackett, even though he didn't follow to Denver? But it's clearly the exact same hilarious thinking. So, you know, again, let me state that this is pure speculation, all right? Who knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking? Well, Pat McAfee probably does, but he's not on this show. It's just me and Correct. you. So yeah. I'm going to go down the Better road a little bit as a native New Yorker, and as a Jets fan and in my whole life. And I will say, as I've said many times before, and you see a picture behind me of Joe Namath, the mm. only highlight, the only highlight in the Jets' history is this. Namath wagging his <laughs> finger. That's all there is. Now let's bring it a little closer to home. What number does Aaron Rodgers wear, kids? He wears 12. Ooh, mm. that was Namath's number. And how does Aaron Rodgers see himself, kids, sort of as an anti-hero? Ooh, that's how Namath saw himself, as an anti-hero. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's, don't underrate his brains. He's a smart guy. Forget the vaccination thing. He's a smart guy. And he's certainly smart enough to understand what it's like to be a hero in New York City. Because Joe Namath is a god still in New York City. And Aaron Rodgers is probably thinking to himself, Hey, Brady does this in Tampa. If I do this in New York City, it's so much bigger. But Tony, I have to ask you about something, a superpower that Namath have, that had, uh, but Rodgers never has, which is 
the ability to withstand the withering spotlight, okay? The, the backlash from the surrounding environs. Green Bay has been a hamlet. They That's have been right. always right. nice to him. We know what Rodgers does when he feels attacked. Namath, to me, is the opposite from Rodgers in that way, isn't he? I will just say this, that I hope the Jets move heaven and earth to try and get Aaron Rodgers. Because they have not had a quarterback to die for in 50 years. The only crack in the glass is this. This was the Denver situation last year. All we need is a quarterback. They got Russell Wilson, who's a real quarterback, and he stunk. And so did Hackett. Do I think that Rodgers would stink in New York? No, actually, I think he'd rise to it. I think To answer your question, I think he'd rise to it. Mm. Let me move on. Okay. And we'll stay in football. The Carolina Panthers have hired a new coach, and he is Frank Reich who was fired in midseason by the Indianapolis Colts. The Panthers did not retain Steve Wilkes, who had been the interim coach in Carolina after Matt Rule was fired after five games. Rule was one and four. Wilkes was six and six. The Panthers also didn't hire Sean Payton, who had interviewed for the job. Pablo, is the headline here who got the job or who didn't? I think we start with who didn't, Tony, because two things are true. One is big picture, one is small picture. The big picture is about black coaches in the NFL. Lovey Smith gets fired. Steve Wilkes now does not get this job. You can count the number of black head coaches in the NFL on less than one hand. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And so Steve Wilkes should feel aggrieved. He is literally in the process of suing the NFL as part of the Brian Flores larger litigation. This is catnip on that front. But the second part of it, the smaller picture thing, is that I also think that Frank Reich is a good coach. And that this kind of makes sense when you look at this specifically in terms of the Panthers and next season and them being maybe one good head coach and, yes, a quarterback away. Yeah, I'm glad you said a good head coach and a quarterback away. And that's why you would bring in Frank Reich because of quarterbacks. Frank Reich is not the headline here. It doesn't matter that he was the first starter ever for the Carolina Panthers and was there one year. This is not a homecoming story. David Tepper didn't own the club at that point. You hire, and and Frank Reich has credentials. You hire him because he is known as a quarterback whisperer. But um, Sam Darnold may not be, uh, may not have enough audio strength to hear the whispers from (laughs) Frank Reich. And to be fair, Pablo, he had Philip Rivers and he had Carson Wentz and he had Matt Ryan in succession in Indianapolis and had no success. The greater story here is who wasn't hired. I'll dismiss Sean. Sean Payton's not stupid. That's a bad job. Sean Payton doesn't want that job. You, yeah. you could offer Sean Payton all the money in the world and he'd oh, hold no. out for another job. So this is about There's better Wilkes. options. Wilkes earned that job. He took over a lousy team. He went six and six. Miraculously, they were actually in the playoff hunt in their terrible division. This is like Basaccio last year in, in Vegas. He earned the job. They went for someone else. They went down the drain. Steve Wilkes earned the job. And, and my early reaction was that Brian Flores is saying to somebody, I told you so. I, t- yep. I, I told you so. I mean, he right. earned the job. Yeah. What else do you need to do is a valid question. If you're any of the coaches who are literally suing the NFL right now, I think it's safe to say. But, Tony, I guess we should move to the NBA now because Charles Barkley, our friend, had some tough words for players who embrace load management. And this is what he told SiriusXM Radio. Quote, I cannot wait for these owners to put their foot in their asses in this next CBA. They're going to be like, wait a minute. You can't make $50 million and not play half the season. 
end quote. So your thoughts there on Charles's words? That's a great quote. I didn't know you could say foot on TV. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm even older than Charles Barkley, so I remember when all the great players, in fact, all the players, played every game. That's what yep. they wanted to do. I remember when players understood the entertainment value of sports and wanted to make sure that people who spent money for tickets got their money's worth in case it was the only time they would ever see them. But I have to say this. Players did not invent load management. I believe mm -hmm. load management was invented by these dopey strength coaches who have somehow become preeminent in sports, and they invented this junk. And I say junk to honor Mike Wilbon and also because I believe in it. And I believe then that owners hired pseudoscientists to perpetuate this junk. Oh. And eventually oh, coaches came to believe, coaches came to believe that if you rest players a lot, you're going to have better results. And that too is junk because if that were true, the Los Angeles Clippers would have won something and they never <laughs> win anything. All right? So I believe there's a large conspiracy out there that likes load management and that owners are part of it. And I also believe, Pablo, that players now have lost sight of the entertainment value of sports. So it's not junk is the thing. I believe that there is science behind why you want your players well-rested and the most optimal they can be when it comes to the thing that really matters, which is winning a championship. So I believe that this is made, this comes from reason, but I also agree with you in this sense. The greatest tension in sports today is the tension between this hyper-competitive, scientifically-driven optimization and entertainment. These things are at odds, Tony. My belief simply yes. is that these teams are doing it because they're self-interested. So let's take the, the validity of their rationale out of it because we disagree on that. But we can both agree that they're doing it because they're selfish. And that's the tension. They want to win at all costs. And what comes at cost is, of course, the fan who's like, I wanted to see my players play in games that I paid for. That's right. So I'm, I, I'll... I'll... I'm going to leave your point alone. I'm going to leave it alone. But there is a solution to this, and it's very simple. Don't play 82 games in a sport yes. where 20 of 30 teams make the playoffs in one form or another, and the playoffs Correct. take three months. Play 65 games, start in Christmas, and don't have yep. any back-to-backs, and say the following sentence to your players. This is like a Broadway show, kids. We want you out there. Nobody buys a ticket to see the understudy. So let's take a break. 100%. And coming up, we will ask Steve Young what advice he'd give to Brock Purdy ahead of Sunday's NFC Championship game. And we'll also ask him whether he'd rather have an injured shoulder like Jalen Hurts or a bad ankle like Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's, there's an entertainment value. No, you're 100% right. The, the game is suffering. The product is worse. People are paying thousands of dollars to see guys who are being played by someone that they don't want to see for that evening's performance. That's right. 100%. And tonight in, in, tonight in the role of, of, you know, Anthony Davis is. You know, it's yeah. not him. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI.
Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means, uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you're just joining us from some sort of hibernation, the NFL's conference championship games are this weekend. We have some questions about them from our, for our great friend from Monday Night Countdown, a man who played in seven more championship games than Pablo and I have combined, yeah. Hall of Famer Steve Young. And that's an important thing. Seven championship <laughs> games, right? It's a lot. I mean, let's say rookie Brock Purdy asked you for advice. This is his first one. Let's say he asked you for advice. Steve, what would you tell him? I would tell him that it is a shock to the system how fast it either is Super Bowl or the season's over. You know, you think about a single game deciding all of this. Usually there's seven-game series in baseball and basketball. There's all these kinds of chances to kind of make up for lack of momentum or slow start. Football, no. You have a bad series like you do. This is not a time where you feel it out like a 15-round you know, boxing match. Just a couple rounds of feeling it out. No. It's like the first time you hit the field, every play matters. Every series matters. And that's why, look at Dak last week. A couple bad throws, it's over. You're going home. And so I would tell Brock, you know, do two things. Don't screw it up, right? But also <laughs> make big plays and don't waste any time and make sure you don't. Uh, you only have nine or ten series in a whole football game. Don't waste any of them. Get started quick. Like there's a lot of there's a lot to get done. And I, I would I wouldn't want to overwhelm with too much. But the number one thing it gets over very quick. Be careful. Yeah, Steve. I want to tap into that veteran savvy to present you with a quarterback injury Sophie's Choice scenario. Would you rather have the injured shoulder like Jalen Hurts or the high ankle sprain like Patrick Mahomes? I'm not sure that that question is worthy of the Sophie's Choice reference, but, you know, it, <laughs> you don't want either. You don't want to be like, which one do I want? You know, I can poke my eye out or like, look, you don't want, look, the arm is your moneymaker. That's how you play the game. That's how you win champ- in a championship series like this. You're going to win the game with your arm. Now, look, we know legs are a big part of the game today big part of Jalen's game. It's a big part of Patrick's game. So you don't want to not have your legs, but you've got to have your arm. And if you don't have, and if you're, look, if it's 90%, 95%, you know, either one, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But if you're talking about something that's really aching or problematic, you want it to be your leg, not your arm. So let's be solutions oriented now, because let's say you take a pain shot, a painkiller before this game, right? How does that actually affect you as a quarterback? Does the shot sort of, I know nothing about this, does the shot wear off over the course of the game? What's it actually like to have that and then go out there and do everything you just said? Uh, it, dep- again, it, it's, it's, uh, it depends. It's contextual, right? Like if you're, if you're 90% and you take the shot because you just don't want to be nagged at, it's great. It's fine. And it doesn't wear off. If something happens, 
But if you have a bad thing that you're going to play through because it's a championship game and you know you're going to be hurt afterwards and it's not a, it's not a long-term smart decision, but I'm going to go for it, and you take the pain shot to kind of get through the game, that's when you got to go back at halftime and at where – I mean, you're hurting – even through the, I, I think that when, when I've had the pain shot, when it was something that was really bothering me, yeah, the pain went away, right. but you still could tell your body was telling you, ignore what, the fact that you don't feel it. You know something's wrong, and it affects your game. So pain shot or not, you're, if you're really hurt, it's a problem. But if those 90 percenters, that pain shot's great because you go play, you don't feel it, and you can actually uh, perform pretty well. Mm. I will get you out of here on this. I, I sort of find this amazing that some of the Bengals have publicly referred to Arrowhead Stadium as Burrowhead Stadium. I mean, because I know that Joe Burrow has had great success there. But if you were Joe Burrow, if you were in his shoes, how would you feel about that being public with your teammates? I I think that Joe Burrow, knowing Joe Burrow, kind of likes it. He's like, yeah, I like the Burrowhead. Let's go do this. And we talked about this, I think, a week or two ago. The The greatest teams that I was a part of loved being, you know, like the, oh, I call it overdogs, but I mean, like, they're the favorite. Like, we, we're favorite, and we're going to show you. We walk, we walk out of the locker room. We'll, when we come out all those names, you know you're in trouble. So I think the, the problem is, is that Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes seem to be the three that are going to trade this scenario every year for the next 10 years. If, this, if the Bengals win tomorrow, on Sunday, then it starts to get, like, more, you hear more about Burrowhead Stadium. That. That's the thing that Kansas City cannot abide. You cannot have this have seven months of Burrowhead Stadium and then have the pictures of him and have the, all the memes and all this stuff. Like, if, if I'm the chief, I was like, we cannot have this happen because this is the kind of thing that changes the trajectory of the next 10 years because the momentum the Bengals get and Joe Burrow gets, you do not want this Burrowhead Stadium thing to get kind of fire. I'd love to have a T-shirt that said Burrowhead Stadium. I would love that. Thank you, Steve, as always. Wonderful. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you, Steve. See you. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Steph Curry gets tossed for tossing his mouth guard. And American Tommy Paul looks to upset Novak Djokovic in Australia. And Tony will break down his chances after the break. Yeah, there's zero chance. I don't have to wait till after the break. (laughs) Zero chance. Let's let's not pull around. Zero chance. I just like how Steve Young is making memes now, Tony. Are you aware of the meme potential memes. of all of these storylines? I don't very know what aware. memes are. But I- Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely happy time people happy 46th birthday vince carter half man half amazing Carter was the number five overall pick out of North Carolina in 1998. Played 22 seasons, retiring in 2020. So Carter played in four different decades, the 90s, the aughts, the teens, and the 20s. He never played on the title team, ain't got no rings, but he's got an Olympic gold medal, and he was an eight-time All-Star, and his dunks were the stuff of legend, which is how he got the nickname Vinsanity. He was Rookie of the Year in 1999, and in 2000, won the dunk contest pretty much by acclamation. For his lengthy career spread over eight teams, Carter averaged 17 points a game. But in his best years in Toronto and New Jersey, Carter averaged 23. Tony, I would venture to say that year 2000, Vince Carter had as fun a year as any athlete has ever had. He won a dunk contest he was just alluded to that has not been beaten in the 23 years since, despite all the young kids who have had time to innovate. And he also, let's keep this in mind too, literally dunked over the head of Frederick Weiss with Team USA, a dunk they still refer to in France as Le Dunk de la Mort, which I believe translates to the dunk of death, which is nice. Dunk of death. Dunk of death. Happy anniversary, Les Sneed. On this day two years ago, the Rams general manager described Jared Goff's status with the team this way, and I quote, he's a Ram in this moment, unquote. Within a couple of months, that moment was gone, and the Rams traded Goff, their first round picks in 2022 and 23 and a third round pick to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. The result couldn't have been better. Rams won the Super Bowl. They were in win-now mode, as evidenced by trades for Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller and signing Odell Beckham Jr. But the Rams are now a hot mess. They have no first round draft pick until 2024. And meanwhile, Goff was rather good in Detroit this season for an up and coming team. 29 touchdowns, only seven picks. Yeah, this was Mr. Bleep Them Picks, and now I think the Rams are wondering, how do we unbleep our pick situation? Because we're dealing with the consequences of our short-term thinking. Happy trails to Steph Curry's mouthpiece. And happy trails to Steph Curry for throwing said mouthpiece into the seats last night. Curry was ejected with the Warriors up two on Memphis and 114 to go. Curry wanted Jordan Poole to give him the ball instead of shooting. And Curry, who had 43 points by then, threw the mouthpiece in anger. I can only assume it's an ejection based on NBA saliva protocols. <laughs> by the way, Poole hit the game winner. And happy trails to the Utah Jazz. They got burned by Damian Lillard's 60 points. The fourth time Lillard has gone for 60 in his career. Lillard needed just 29 shot attempts and 10 free throw attempts to get to 60, the most efficient shooting ever in a 60-point game. I wish I was more impressed by 60-point games. They just happen so often now, but not as often, it seems, as Steph Curry gets in trouble invariably for throwing his mouthpiece somewhere. It always seems to be the mouthpiece with Steph when he gets in trouble. Three ejections, all for the mouthpiece. Quickly to the big finish, Anthony Davis scored 21 off the bench in his first game back with the Lakers. Are you impressed? Minimally because they beat the Spurs. But the Cowboys, staying in Texas, announced that they will not renew six assistants on expiring contracts. Is that significant to you? Is Mike McCarthy still the head coach? That's significant. Knicks and Celtics tonight. <laughs> Will Celtics lose their third straight? I don't need fancy facial recognition technology to know that the Celtics are going to destroy the Knicks tonight. The Astros hired the Brave scouting director Dana Brown as their new GM. Your thoughts? These are two really good teams. 
Well, the Braves beat the Astros in the World Series a couple of years ago, and then the Astros won a World Series. That's probably a good yeah. hire. Last one, Djokovic versus your boy Tommy Paul at 3.30 <laughs> in the morning. Who you got? 3.30 a.m. I'm going to take the advice you gave me before and take the guy who is not Tommy Paul, I think. Probably the wise move. We are out of time. Yeah. We'll try and do better the next time. Ari Melberg, this is PTI. Ooh. And I'm Pablo Torre, by the way. Thank you for watching. Please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable, wherever you get the good podcasts. But for now, your Sports Center. He never heard of PTI. <laughs>